beginning in verse number 10. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. Jacob, he went out from Beersheba and he went toward Haran. He lighted upon a certain place and he tarried there all night because the sun was set. He took the stones of that place, he put them for his pillows. And he lay down in that place to sleep. He dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth. The top of it reached to heaven. Behold the angels of God, they were ascending and descending on it. Behold the Lord, he stood above it and he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I'm with thee. I will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest. I will bring thee again into this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob Awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Amen. Amen. Back before we're seated, if you want to just lift up your hands one more time, I just want to pray a prayer. Amen. Lord, I pray that you would just meet us here again, Lord, in this place. Lord, as you already have, you already have moved into this house. Lord, I pray that you would begin to speak to us. God, that you would. Use me as your witness, as your uh, oracle here today, Lord, that you would just let your word come forth today, Lord, and pierce our hearts, pierce our minds, Lord, so that we could receive it and be changed. Lord, I pray, God, against any distraction that would try to come against you here today, Lord, that you would set it aside, Lord, that we would allow your word to penetrate our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. I don't know if you have ever done this before. I'm sure that, that you have. If you've been married for any time at all, there's there's times where you have to be somewhere. And I guess you could do this even if you're not married. For me, it's uh, sometimes we got somewhere to be and uh, we have a certain time, but we, we are a little early uh, getting there. And so you just got to waste some time. We, we've got to find somewhere to go. In fact, me and my wife, we found ourselves in that situation last night. We set off just a little bit early. We're going to meet some friends down in Fort Wayne and, and, uh, we had a dinner reservation, but we set off a little bit early. And so we said, as we were traveling down to Fort Wayne, well, what should we do? And, uh, having been married almost 13 years now, we kind of got in this groove just, if you got some time to kill, I don't know, let's, let's go to a like really nice place like TJ Maxx. Anybody ever just like, you just want to spend some time just going and, and you have nothing really that you're, that you're needing, but we just got to spend some time. So we find ourselves at TJ Maxx and going through the aisles of, of TJ Maxx and you just find bargains there, stuff that you didn't need at all, but uh, all of a sudden you need it, Right? You ever been there before? That's where we found ourselves last night. Didn't need new pillows, but we came away with some new pillows. 
Amen. I don't, that's, that's like one of those, those things that it's like new socks. Uh, anybody love new socks? You put on a new fresh pair of socks and it's like, and there's like nothing better than that. And pillows are kind of the same way. You, you don't even realize you're sleeping in your bed. You lay your head down and uh, after a while you don't even realize that your pillow is all lumpy and all sucking in and all this. And, and you don't even think about it until you just run across some pillows on a shopping trip that you had no intention of buying some pillows. But then you find yourself sorting through them and you find one set of pillows. This is a nice set of pillows. Oh, but it says king size pillows. I don't know if I have king size pillows. I don't, anybody know what size of pillows that, that you have in your bed? There's, there's king size pillows apparently. So we put those king size pillows back because we didn't think we had king size pillows on our beds. So we put those back. And what about the firmness of the pillows? I don't know. Everybody has their different kind of pillows, whether how, how firm you want it, how soft you want it, and you want your, your head just to sink down all the way to the bed, or do you want a firm pillow? I, I'm more in the, the firm kind of category. I want, I want a, a little bit of firmness to my pillow. And then I think perhaps the most important characteristic of the pillow of all is the fact that I want one that says it's going to keep me cool. If you've ever been pillow shopping, you know there's some of these that say there's some technology in them that it will stay cool throughout the night. And even though I may wrap myself under some blankets, I want to be cool at night. I want I, I don't want to be sweating all night long. And so and so it's it's, it's amazing the the uh, all these things that can be wrapped up in the pillows. I just want to speak here today for a little while on this pillows. With a purpose. Pillows with a purpose. Amen. If you've ever had to walk through the, a time of, of chaos in your life. Anyone who has ever had to do that. Anyone who has ever had to walk through a time of chaos in their life. They, they may understand somewhat the place in which Jacob found himself that night in which we draw our text today. See, sometimes... Chaos, it can be caused by others. Other times it can, uh, we, we bring it upon ourselves. Whether we intended to or not. But, but either way, chaos, uh, it, it's exhausting. It's, you know, it, it may, you may get a temporary high that can get you through the chaos, but, but at the end of the day, or, or when the week comes to a close, or, or whenever you, you finally find a moment to pause and, and to reflect on what transpired, it's, it's natural to feel overwhelmed. It's, it's natural to experience some anxiety. It's, it's completely uh, natural to, to feel as if all of your energy is gone. It's, it's normal behavior to seek out a place just to lay your head and to find some rest. Anybody ever been there before? I just need some rest. Perhaps, perhaps somebody would be honest enough today to say, I'm there right now. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm going through the ringer. I, I just need some rest. And if you're there right now, perhaps I'm speaking, uh, speaking to you, or maybe you say, you know, I'm feeling good, but, but maybe this is, is to your future self right now, because I can promise you that there will be a time when uh, you're going to be going through some things and you will seek out a pillow whereby you can lay your head to rest. See, Jacob, 
His chaos he had largely brought upon himself. As a, as a young man who was maturing in life beside his twin brother, we see that Jacob, he, he developed this keen sense of, of getting ahead in life no matter, uh, no matter what it takes. And he had developed this art of, of twisting the truth. And he had, he had used this to his advantage on several occasions. And, and what had recently transpired where we enter into our text was a time in which Jacob had deceived his elderly father whose, whose sight had left him. And he had deceived his father into believing that he was his brother Esau. And this deception, it led to him receiving the paternal blessing, now leaving his brother with nothing. It left him with no birthright. It left him with no blessing. And it left him, who was supposed to be the recipient of both, on the empty side, having nothing. And so once Esau realized what had taken place, it says that Esau sought to kill his brother. So Jacob is on the run. Jacob, we see him. He's been running for some time when we see him in this scripture. And it says that the sun was about to set. And so as the sun began its descent, Jacob, he found a place to lie down for the night. Now, Jacob must have been in the camp of the firm pillows. Because it says that when he went to find a pillow, he didn't, he didn't like gather together a bunch of leaves or grass clippings or, or that to, to, to lay his head to rest. He went and he found some stones. And says, here's a, here's a good looking pillow to me. I want, I want something that's firm. And so, so he, he, he gathers some stones together and he, he gets them for a, a place and he, where he can lie down. And he, he lays down that night and, and we see him. We see Jacob weary. He's weary from all the chaos that had been encircling his life. He's, he's feeling alone. I'm sure in that moment. He's feeling alone. He's, he's uncertain of what his future is going to bring. Here he is. He had just received the blessing. He'd received the birthright. But how am I really going to have all of these things come to me when I'm just running for my life? In the midst of all of that, it says that he laid his head upon a pillow. I just want you to know today that, that God sees you when you are weary. He recognizes your loneliness. He understands your anxiety about what lies ahead. Or if there's somebody here today, uh, I want to speak to you today just about that God sees you. God, he recognizes where you're at right now. So he did with Jacob that night. And when he laid his head upon that pillow, we see that Jacob, he drifted off to sleep. And in his deep sleep, God visited him there. He gave him this night vision of, of some angels that were ascending and descending upon this ladder that stretched from heaven to earth. And, and while the sight of these angels would have been a very glorious sight, it was, it was what was on the top of that ladder that truly caught Jacob's attention. Because at the top of that ladder was the Lord Himself. And God began to speak directly to Jacob 
in the moment of that night, in the midst of his anxiety, in the midst of his weariness, in the midst of his uncertain future. And God began to speak to Jacob and he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father. I am the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee, I will give it. I'm going to give this to your children. Your seed will be as the dust of the earth. You will be spread abroad from the west to the east, to the north, to the south. And you will all of the families of the earth be blessed. Come on. When you're searching and you're wondering what, what does my future hold? And God tells you, I'm going to use you to bless the entire earth. Come on. That's quite a promise. That's quite a word to receive from God. Then he says, Jacob, I'm with you. I am with you. I will keep you in all of the places that you're going to go. I will bring you again into this land. I will not leave you until I have done the things that I have spoken to thee of. Oh, God begins to speak to Jacob as he laid his head upon that pillow that night. God said to Jacob, I see you. I know what you are facing. And let me just remind you that I was there for your grandfather Abraham. When Abraham was in situations just like you're in now, I was there for him. When Isaac, when your father was in a situation that he needed me, I was there for your father Isaac. Jacob, I just want you to know that I'm a faithful God that I won't leave you I won't forsake you I will come through for you in your time of need come on I was your grandfather's God I was your father's God but here's what I want now I want you to know that I am here to be your God all those promises that I gave to them I want to give you these promises I want to be your God this land, this, this place on which you've positioned your pillow and you've laid your head to rest. I am going to give that to you. Your children are going to be blessed. They will inherit much and they will be a blessing to the entire earth. He says, Jacob, I am with you. Come on. I want somebody in this place just to know right now. God says, I am with you. I don't know what you're going through right now, but God says, I am with you. I am here in the midst of your weariness, in the midst of you laying your head upon a pillow at night and saying, God, where are you at? God says, I am with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I just tell somebody today that God has not left you. He knows exactly what you're going through. God knows. Well, even though it may feel as if God is not present at times, He is present. You may be going through life and you say, I'm weary. I don't know what, I don't know what my next step is. I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. Know that God is right there with you. It was Jacob that he said when he awoke up out of his sleep, he said, I had no idea when I laid my head upon this pillow that this is the very place where God was at. But God, in the midst of me not knowing where you were, you found me in the place of my weariness. You found me when I laid my head upon this pillow. And you assured me that you are here. I don't know, perhaps for you, it's not a pillow that your head is resting upon. But when you stepped into this church building today, you did so with no real hope. You had no idea what else was going to be thrown your way this week. 
I'm speaking to somebody who, who you have no idea what has been going on in your life. And you're saying, God, where are you at? And you step into this place and there's a pillow right now that you've laid your head upon. And you're saying, God, I don't know where you are. God, I'm just feeling weary. I'm just feeling tired. And you've stepped into this place tonight, in this place today. And you are as if, as Jacob laid his head upon a pillow. And you're just saying, I'm weary. I'm done. I don't know where you are, God. But I just need to know, Lord, that you would assure me that you are with me. And I can promise you that if you would just surrender. Surrender if you would just say, God, God, I need to find rest in your arms that God will meet you here. God will meet you here. Amen. If you would just lift up your hands and surrender in this place. Come on. God will meet you here. Come on. If you're trying to find a place, come on, where God is at, let's lift up your hands and say, God, I need you. He will meet you in this place. Oh, God is here. God is here right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. I don't know, maybe you feel, maybe you feel as if your situation is hopeless today. But the God of the hopeless is here. The God of the hopeless is here right now. I can tell you, you're you're not the first person to feel that way. You're not the first person to go down that path. Sometimes, sometimes this, this hopelessness, it can come at the most unexpected times in our life. Times when, when you didn't expect your emotions to, to be upended, but all of a sudden they were upended and you found yourself in a place that's saying, what, uh, you know, where am I at? What is going on in my life? And that's exactly where the prophet Elijah found himself in 1 Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19, I want, I want to just read this, this passage here in, beginning in verse number 1. It says that Ahab, he told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so that the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So Jezebel, the queen, threatens the life of Elijah. And when he saw that, he arose and he went for his life. He came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came and he sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, It's enough. Now, Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. And as he lay and he slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and he laid him down again. When he found a pillow again, laid himself down, he went to sleep Once again, the angel of the Lord came again the second time and he touched him and he said, Arise and eat. The journey is too great for thee. And he arose, he did eat and drink. And he went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights to the mount, or to Horeb, that mount of God. Okay, now, unlike Jacob, 
When, when you begin to look into the recent past of Elijah in this situation, we see a man who had only seen the thrill of living in victory. He had experienced one high after another. He, he had enjoyed the success of being a prophet who could speak boldly the word of God and then watch God perform the things that he promised. Elijah was the prophet who, who he had seen the, all, the hand of the Almighty God at work. And, and he had seen God uh, send down fire from heaven and light the sacrifice on fire. Elijah's the one who he just simply spoke. And he said, there's not going to be rain until I come to you again and tell you that it's going to rain. And the rain stopped. For three years, the rain stopped. Elijah was the one who he, he went and in the midst of this terrible drought because of this, this prophecy of no rain, he goes and he, he goes to the brook Cherith and while he's there at this brook Cherith, he's fed by the ravens. They're bringing him food. I mean, talk about, talk about a good delivery service. I mean, I'm, I like DoorDash and Uber Eats and all of that today, but but he didn't even have to get out his phone and type in the order. They were just bringing the food right to him. He's experiencing the highs of, of, of what it is to live for God. And, and from one experience to the other, all of a sudden that, that book, that brook dries up. And so he goes, God says, I want you to go to Zarephath. Go to Zarephath and you're going to find this widow woman there. And, and you're going to talk to her, tell her to give you some food. And so he does so. And it's, it comes, comes to her and it's the very last bit of food that she has. But he speaks out in faith. He says, Break, bake a cake for me. She says, this is the last thing I was going to cook. Bake a cake for me. Have faith. And so she does so, and in faith she bakes this cake, and all of a sudden God begins to provide for her time after time after time. And that little bit of flour that she had in her barrel, that little bit of oil that she had in her cruise, it all of a sudden, every day that she would wake up, there was enough in there for the next day. There was enough in there. This is the, this is the life of this man, Elijah. He had seen God perform miracle after miracle after miracle. He had acted, come on, as if in, 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 in this moment that, you know, God is just able to do anything. God can do anything. And with that assurance, God, he did anything. God was able to provide over and over and over. We can follow Elijah all these, all these, through all these things, all these experiences to this day, some three years later on Mount Carmel. And it was there that he faced these prophets of Baal. And I've already mentioned it, but he called down fire from heaven. And when he proved that God was who he said he was, he then went and he killed all these prophets of Baal. But it was after that, after this unbelievable miracle that he, is, he experienced that all of a sudden fear gripped him. Jezebel, just the words of this, this, this queen, she says, I am going to kill you. And all of a sudden, fear gripped him. He says, I'm all alone. I am all alone here. And I began to, he began to run for his life. And he, saw, he begins to run. And Elijah, when he received this news, it says that he ran until he found a place that he laid under a juniper tree. And he was there under that juniper tree and he, and he says, God, just take my life. I'm weary. 
I'm tired of going through life trying to do all of this, carry the big load that you have impressed upon me to carry. God, I'm tired of being the only one that is out here. God, how about you just end my life right now? I am tired of doing this. I don't know where you're at today, but sometimes we get to a place where just unexpectedly we feel as if we've come to the very end of our gas tank. And you come to the end of your gas tank and you're like, God, I don't know where I'm going from here. And you're weary. And you come in, you're running on empty. And you come into church and you don't feel like lifting up your hands. You don't feel like coming up to an altar. You don't feel like you just lay your head down to rest as if you were, you were Elijah here on a pillow under a juniper tree. And you come into church weary and exhausted and not knowing what the future holds. Feeling as if you're all alone. Even though, come on, God has done great things for you, you still feel alone. And you lay your head to rest on a pillow under a juniper tree. I want you to know that even in the midst, in the midst of laying down in this request that Elijah had for God, had for God to take his life, that God says, I see where you're at. I see you, Elijah. Oh, it was, it was these footsteps, every footstep that Elijah had as he's, as he's running farther and farther away from uh, from this this Queen Jezebel, I believe. Well, it wasn't just the fact that he was fleeing, uh, fleeing these uh, these threats of, of 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 who you know what she had said to him, but he was fleeing the the fact of what God had called him to. He was running from himself. He was he was running from the man who could see rain in his future. He was running from his faith. He was running from this confidence and this boldness that he had in God. He was running from the prophet who could, in one moment of fire and uh, one moment of calling fire down from heaven, he was running from all of these things that God had in store for him. And God says, "It's time to stop the running." It's time to stop running away from who you are. It's time to stop running away from all these things. And so we came to this place under the juniper tree. See, according to historians, juniper trees were abundant in that territory. It wouldn't have been hard for Elijah to go and to find a juniper tree. And so when he was frightened and he was trying to find a place to end it all, there were plenty of choices for Elijah. Well, that's just the way that the devil works. When you're running and you're tired, there's plenty of places where you can go. And he's saying, all right, here's an exit ramp. Here's another exit ramp. Here's another exit ramp. Get off the train. Get off. He's, he's, there's plenty of places. Come on, even, even in this place where, uh, where you're starting to lose hope and you're tempted to give up, the devil, he's always going to make sure that there's plenty of places for you to go and to surrender. Even if all these things are miserable. See, the juniper tree wasn't really much of a tree at all. It was more like a bush. It was this, it was this scrawny little, little bush. And these, these trees, they were described as these broom-like trees. They had these, uh, you know, they were almost leafless trees. They, they barely had any branches. And, and uh, they, they offered very little protection from the sun. Very little protection from the oppressive heat, but uh, however, I think the most people they would agree that when we are fragile and we want to give up, human nature causes us to look for the most miserable location possible. It really is true that, that misery loves company, right? 
I know that when I'm down in the dumps, I, I want people to commiserate with me. On Elijah, he, he found such a wretched place. He found it such a wretched place. He's saying, God, I want you to end my life. And it's hard to fathom. This is hard to fathom. But there he was, God's man of faith, God's man of power. And he's laying down defeated. And yet, the Almighty God wouldn't let Elijah die. And I want you to know, just, just if you're in this place here today, that God sees you in this place where you're at. He sees you as you've laid your head to rest. So God, he sent an angel to touch Elijah that day. I think it's, it's thrilling to know that even during the prophet's fear and frustration that the Lord still cared enough to send an angel to provide heavenly sustenance for him. When Elijah says, it's enough, God take my life away from me, I'm not better than my father's, but God says, I have a different agenda for you. It's not enough. Remember, it's never over until God says it's over. It's never over until God says, alright, we're finished, we're done. Scripture tells us he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. That word frame, that's, that, that's from Psalm chapter 103. That word frame, it, it's this Hebrew word yetzer, which means the mind or imagination. It says that God, he knows our thoughts. He discerns our imagination. Well, I'm so glad that God understands me. I am so glad that God understands the very things that are going on in my mind. He knows my thoughts. He knows the things that are taking place inside of me. And he realizes that there are times that my mind will try to play tricks on me. Make me think things that I shouldn't think. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but there are times when your, your, your mind will just, just try to tell you things that are so against what God is trying to lead you and to push you towards. And God, he understands it. So even if you're running today. You're tempting to quit. God, he doesn't forget you. God's not giving up on you. If you're running right now, God's not giving up on you. God sees you right where you're at. Come on, the creator, he made you. He remembers that you came from dust. He remembers that you're weak. He remembers that you need him. He knows, come on, what it is that you are feeling because he's been there as well. But he graciously will come down and he will touch your life in the midst of your misery, in the midst of your running. So we see Elijah, and he turned his head to see the angel. He woke up, as this angel touched his side, he lifts his head from off that pillow under the juniper tree, and the angel says, arise and eat. The prophet, he looked up, and all of a sudden, there's this jar of water that's there. <laughs> How incredible is God? How incredible is this? God wakes him up, and he says, here's a jar of water. Take a drink, and I baked a cake for you as well. I mean, that's quite an awesome God. <laughs> I would love to wake up from that kind of a nap where God says, here's a heavenly cake that I baked just for you, and I want you to eat of this cake, and then I've got something for you. And so Elijah, he, he wakes up, and, and I don't know what kind of thoughts are going on in his mind. If it was me, I, where in the world did this come from? But there's, it says that there was a bake, uh, a cake that was baking on the coals. A cake that was baking on the coals underneath the juniper tree. And here's a question for me. If a cake was baking on the coals, where did the coals come from? 
Now, I know that God can do anything. And certainly he could create coals out in the wilderness. But if you just dig a little bit deeper in study, you'll learn that the roots of the juniper tree were very often used in the making of charcoal in that day. Amazing. This, this cake, which gave Elijah the strength to walk for 40 days and 40 nights, was baked on the very coals that were provided from the roots of the juniper tree. From the place of his pillow. From the place where he laid his head. See, not only was Elijah watched over and protected in his lowest moment, but he was given strength for the days ahead. Here's the good news that I have for you today. If you're feeling downtrodden, if you're feeling weary, that your heavenly father is able to take the very root of your despair, the very source of your problem, and give you exactly what you need to be sustained. Well, there is no reason for you to be hopeless. God can take what you're going through. And to say, I've got what it takes for you to continue on. Come on, I have a plan for you. For greater things are in store for you. There are greater things at the very spot where you are feeling so low. I have something in store for you. If you've lost all hope, you feel as if there's no no opportunity for you just to continue living on, to continue on. I want you to realize that God has greater things in store for you. If you're like Elijah, and Elijah says, I feel all alone. I feel as if I'm the only one that's doing this. And you feel that today, and you're saying, I don't know how I'm going to continue on. What Elijah did, or as, as, as God sent him on his way, God sent him to another man. He sent him to go and to say, I want you to link arms with this young man, Elisha. And after... These 40 days, he went to Horeb, and then from Horeb he went, and he found this young man, Elisha, and he began to pour into his ministry. And God linked, uh, helped him to link arms with somebody else to say, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not going through this life alone. Well, Jesus, he said in John chapter 6, verse 51, he says, I and the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. The bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. I just want to try to try to make this what is maybe abstract to you. I want to try to make this practical as we bring this to a close here today. Because maybe you're saying, what is that cake? What is the cake that God's baking for me? And you're coming here today and you're saying, I'm laying my head down on a pillow. Maybe you're like Jacob and it's chaotic in your life and you lay your head down and you didn't even realize that God was here, but God will meet you here. Or maybe you're like Elijah in a place where you're saying, God, I'm tired, I'm done, I don't know how to continue on. But God says, I have a cake that's baking here for you. But you look beside you and you say, I don't see the cake. Where's the cake at? Jesus said, I'm the bread. I am the one. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Job, he said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. God, the words of your mouth are more than the necessary food that I would take into my body. 
Jesus, he quoted Deuteronomy 8, 3 when he was tempted in the wilderness. It says, and he humbled thee, suffered thee to hunger, and he fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not. Neither did your fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Psalm 119 says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. On the cake that's baking for you right there beside your pillow. Here today is this word of God. I'm talking about the written word of God and the spoken word of God. The word of God that can begin to speak to you. Speak to you right here at this altar. That God will sustain you. That God will lift you up. That the word of God is sweet. The word of God is filling. Come on, I don't know what you're facing right now. But if you are needing a word, if you're needing a cake, if you're needing to be sustained, then you can find it right here at an altar. You can find it right here in the word of God. That God has this baking for you. And he's saying, I want to pick you up. I want to help you on your journey. I want to send you on your way. Knowing that in your midst of your weariness that I'm there with you. And I will sustain you. Amen. I'll just bring this to a close with one other pillow. Just one other pillow. That we see in scripture. It's in Mark chapter 4. In fact if we could just all stand. and Stand in this place. Mark chapter 4. We see. The, we see Jesus. And his disciples. And it says the same day when the even was come. He said to them. Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude. They took him even. As he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves they beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship. Jesus was there asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and they say unto him, Master, carest not that we perish? And he arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind it ceased. There was a great calm, and he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. They said one to another, What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey. I want you to just know right now that if you feel as if Jesus is asleep in the middle of your situation, He's simply waiting on you to have faith. He's calling on somebody right now to have faith. Oh, what is faith? Faith is when you don't see it happening in front of you, but you still trust that God is in charge. You still trust that God has things under control. You're here right now and you're saying, Jesus, where are you at? You're asleep on the pillow. You're, you're there. You're resting in the middle of my situation. I don't know how I'm going to get through. He's saying, just have faith. And if we got somebody in this place tonight who you have enough faith to come up to an altar to say, God, I need you. God, I need your sustenance. God, I need you to begin to speak some life into me. God, I'm just going through some things right now that maybe nobody else understands. 
I don't even understand it fully, but God, all I know is I need you. God, I need you to pick me up. God, I need you to give me direction. I need you, God, to to walk me through this very toughest time that I've been going through in my life. Oh, maybe it's a physical situation. Maybe it's just on a job situation or whatever you're going through right now. And Jesus says, have trust, have faith. Oh, would you come? Would you come to an altar? Would you come in faith, believing, God, your word, your word will sustain me. God, I can find direction at an altar. I can find direction, God, when you begin to speak to me. God, I can find that sustenance that's going to help me to continue on in this journey. God, I can find it here on this place. This place where you've entered in right now. This is the pillow where you've laid your head to rest. This is the place where you've come. And you said, God, I just need to find some rest right now. Come on. There is a pillow with purpose here today. There is a place. There is an altar here today where you can lay yourself down at the feet of Jesus. And he will say, I am here with you. Amen. Would you just trust him right now? Can we have somebody right now that can just... Lay all your troubles at his feet. Say, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Sometimes it's not as easy as just saying the words, though. You gotta, you gotta work at it. You gotta pray. You gotta talk to him. Talk him. Come on, allow him to talk you through it. Allow him to begin. Come on, not just to, to let these be words that come out of your mouth, but something that's deep down in your soul that says, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you with my deepest anxieties. God, I trust you with the with the, uh, the, the the illness that I'm facing. God, I trust you right now. God, I believe in you. God, I believe that you have my best interest at heart. God, I trust you. God, give me purpose. Give me direction. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, there are those that have made their way up here. Oh, if you right now, if you could just help them pray. Or if, if, if you just want to come and, and find somebody that you can wrap your arms around, you can help them pray right now. I mean, I want to invite you up to this altar as we begin to sing. Jesus. The 